There are shows in this world that we will never fully understand, understand, except Ghost Adventures. We have watched every episode to build our obsession, our fandom, watching alongside each other because no one we know really gives a damn, gives a damn. Watching Zack and crew catch groundbreaking proof of the paranormal, inspiring us to explore our own interest in otherworldly phenomena. This is our podcast. We are Paranormal Kuntas. It's me, Bethany. <laughs> and we're the Paranormal Puthas. <laughs> <laughs> I needed it now. <laughs> In this episode, we talk about Duendes, but we also got some really cool personal experience stories. So we're really pumped that we got to have Gabby, a.k.a. Seven Octobers of Nightmare of Sedgwick Avenue podcast, uh, share her experiences and her information about Duendes. We also got to have Aiden of the podcast Susto on, and it was such a hoot to have him. One, he's awesome energy. Two, he educated us like no one's fucking business. Made me feel real dumb. Thanks, Aiden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope you guys enjoy this one. And we are so, so excited today, and we might be on our third mimosa, but we're really pumped to have the one, the only, Aiden of Susto in the house. Hey, ghoul friend. Yes. <laughs> he said it, he said it, he said it. <laughs> Show done. Shut it down. <laughs> That's it. All right, I'll collect my check and go now. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, how much do we got to pay you? <laughs> Oh my God, thank y'all for having me. Yay! No, thank you for being here. We're super pumped to have you included in this episode where we're going to be talking duendes. <laughs> little fox. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you call me? <laughs> yeah, so as Leah said, today we are talking about duendes. And if you don't know what they are, we're going to fucking tell you! <laughs> so... A duende is an elf-like creature, or some say, you know. There's all kinds of shit about these little guys. <laughs> it's a humanoid figure of folklore, and there are so many variations of it. So in, like, Latin America and South America, they're going to be called duendes. In other cultures, we know them as leprechauns, dwarves, or gnomes. <laughs> So duendes are also known to be like these little creatures that a lot of the time I read that they, they cause trouble. Sometimes they can be helpful, like help you find your way out of the woods. Now, I have not figured out or found out like why they decide to do one or the other. Are they just born this way? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that I found was really cool and, uh, and um, is, is the word duende itself when you look at uh, what the word means. So apparently it comes from um, the word dueño de casa, which means the possessor of a house. And a lot of the times duendes are said to uh, live inside the walls of your house. And sometimes they help you with chores. <laughs> what? That one I have not heard. I've just heard yes! of them being straight up assholes. Really? Duendes, if you're here, I'm kidding. I've heard lovely things. 
the, the the furthest I've heard about them helping is again that idea or that detail of yeah. them helping people when they're lost. But it does come down to each individual duende. You know, they they, they all have their own personalities and <laughs> code of ethics or whatever it is. You yeah. know, they're all different. So it comes down it comes down to how they're feeling that day, basically. Oh, I didn't know that. They can pick and choose. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> is it how they're feeling? Is it how you're acting towards them? Oh. Is it how they were? They just like really like to fuck shit up and they are just a little evil yeah. or like what? So I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're also said to be protectors of the forest or wherever they're dwelling because they're also, again, depending on who you're asking or which culture you're speaking to, they're either inside your walls <laughs> or they're protectors of nature, of yeah. like forest, jungle, whatever. So again, it comes down to how you're behaving. So if you're disrespecting where they assume is their yeah. threshold, basically, then, you know, they're going to disrespect you right back. Ooh. That kind of, I feel like that tracks with them helping keep the house clean and shit because they're like, this is my house. Yeah. And also it. with the whole, like, you know, them being uh, named after, like, the possessor of the house or the master of the house, you know? That's really, I don't know, that's weird. I don't know. First of all, what bills do you pay? Yeah, <laughs> for real. It's like, I don't pay bills. I sweep, I sweep bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I sweep the kitchen. I'd accept that, though. Yeah, I'd be honestly. like, look, if you're just going to keep everything nice and tidy and I don't got to fuck with it, I'm down with the duende. <laughs> but we mostly... Down with the duende. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly we hear about them causing mischief. Right. Like, um, they'll misplace things, right? And uh, mm-hmm. you have a story about that that, uh, you know... <laughs> I do. I sure do. They're little tricksters. Um, but one thing I'm really interested in is why the fuck are they obsessed with toes? That's... Okay, so when I was doing my, my research again for today... I saw that, and the thing that led to it was they're said to clip the toenails of the word was unkempt children. So, and they're, they're, the idea is that, well, you know, sometimes they just like either lose control or they can't see, or, you know, for whatever reason, they accidentally cut a toe off. And so, again, I think it's one of these, um, like like a like an obedience kind of tactic to get kids oh, to behave and be okay. like you have to take care of yourself you have to brush your teeth you have to uh, discipline them yeah yeah you have to clip your toenails because if you don't clip your nails the one that's gonna do it for you and they might cut your toe off so. <laughs> yes yes he says I love that you led us in this direction <laughs> because another thing that I read about um, was Duendas harassing women. Like, in particular, like, more often than not, you know? I have a list here of things that say, like, what duendes are said to do. And it is, one, help or cause trouble. (laughs) So whatever the fuck they want. (laughs) Like, that makes no sense. Anyways. Here's the list of what duendes do. Whatever they feel like. (laughs) Play pranks on or steal from unsuspecting people. Clip toenails of unkept people, as you stated. Lure children into the forest, help people who are lost in the forest, and harass young women. So, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Yeah, what's this harassing deal about? This I found this woman's dissertation on duendes. I love that. I love. I love when there's a dissertation. (laughs) It's so good. It is so good. So I found. Carolina's dissertation from the University of New Mexico and she 
uh, wrote about El Duende, folktale oral history and the construction of gendered and racialized uh, discourses in Quito. So in her little uh, paper, which is actually like a thousand pages, it's not little at all. (laughs) (laughs) So you read it all since it's so little. I know, right, 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 right. (laughs) She does talk about um, how Duendes kind of target women. She talks to multiple people um, and and kind of like gets their stories of, uh, you know, their Duende stories, because we all know these folktales and folklores differ between people and cultures all around the world. So in this one, she talks to someone named Carlos Lastra, knows of a story of El Duende in which he tries to take women and chases beautiful women and girls. These women were described as women with long hair and green eyes. So women would avoid going out at night and would cut their hair short. He also heard of a female duende who followed drunk men, or men who spend too much time at their work and neglect their families, or are womanizers. He was told that the female duende was also small. On whether El Duende is female or male, Lastra thinks uh, it is the same duende transforming itself depending on the objective to achieve. Yeah, so forms of whatever it's trying to yeah like achieve or attack or stalk or that's wild they're always shape-shifters that's a game changer man yeah always. so I actually have a list of Duende's abilities oh, <laughs> oh my god one of those things uh, so apparently they uh, have innate I- invisibility so I guess they're just like always invisible unless they want to show themselves they can shrink themselves to the size of an insect they can live in the dirt with bugs And they also live in large groups in the jungle. They eat mostly things like fruits and figs. But, I mean, I guess they can transform. (laughs) (laughs) But either way, I thought it was interesting that, um, you know, they have, like, in in this story, in this guy's culture, they have a goal to... um, you know, keep men in line, stay at home with your family, quit being, you know, drunk. Yeah. And then with the women, it's like, don't stay out late at night. Don't be a woman. I don't know. <laughs> but as per usual, this shit always fucking comes up in these. You know, we yeah. talked about it at the girl who dances with the devil. Yeah. And now here we are, full fucking circle, <laughs> again, trying to keep the women in line. That's yeah, that's wild. Oh, let me that is interesting. I will say also, Something that I noticed with this is the, it, it's always kind of like one of two things. It's either women need to be kept in line and there's this cryptid or this spirit that's doing it, or men are being punished for being uh, womanizers or abusive or drunkards, but they're always being punished by a female spirit or cryptid. Yeah. So I'm like, where are the male, the men duendes holding the human men accountable? Why aren't they, why do they, why are they making the woman duendes do the work for them? And it, it might sound kind of funny, but like, like that's the reality. Is that not reflecting what happens in the real world? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Women are expected to do the work, do all the work. Yeah. Keep everybody in line. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting um, that, I don't know, Duendas seem to kind of be all over the fucking place, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I can't, definitely. I feel like I can't pin yeah. them down, you know? We, okay, the things we know for sure, <laughs> they're tiny. <laughs> <laughs> invisible. And, right? Yeah, they can be invisible. 
And they can either be tricksters or they can help you. And how they, you know, the regards in which they help you, who fucking knows? It's either cleaning your house or keeping your husband in line. I don't know. <laughs> or keeping you inside the house, keeping it clean. Yeah. 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 You're a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, how weird is that, like, to, to force women to cut their hair to be less alluring you know again you know the women have to do the work you know it's your fault that you know guys can't you know handle their own emotions when you wear that tiny skirt like (laughs) why why are you dressing that way yeah Uh Uh well well, actually actually you're ugly and i didn't mean it (laughs) (laughs) that's so true that that detail reminds me though the cutting of the hair to I guess be unattractive to the Luenda. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, a story that I covered. I think it, I think it was El Sombreron. I forgot which area of the world he's from, but the the lore is that he serenades young women outside of their windows and he makes them fall deeply in love with them to the point where they can't function, they can't eat, they can't live without him. Uh, and but he's attracted to women with long hair, and that uh, he'll cut their braids, he'll cut their hair, like have them braid their hair and cut it off, and he keeps the braids. Um, so that's like a thing that they do in that story is yeah. in order to keep him away is they cut their own hair they keep their hair short mm. that's interesting that is there. Yeah. yeah El Sombreron he's from it, it says Guatemala but this also says that he's he's a goblin ooh uh, same realm uh, right like the kind of Wait a goblins Wait and blenders and trolls and we're leprechauns basically academics <laughs> <laughs> We're doing science in here. <laughs> you guys are. I'm just joking, my mimosa. No, I love this it. Duende is said to only appear to single women either on remote roads, rural villages, or underneath Nance trees, or when women are alone in their houses. The Duende is an enamorado, a playboy, who offers many gifts and wealth to girls so that they go away with him. If a girl does not recognize the duende and accepts anything he offers her, then she will remain enchanted by his evil powers. It is said that because of the tricks the duende, of the duende, some girls have become mute and even mentally impaired. If the girls do not pay attention to the duende, then he, calls, then he chases them about. He throws little rocks to their windows at night and also throws cow dung on them. If it is said that the duende appears to a girl, the best thing she can do is remain calm, to act in a friendly way. And when the duende offers wealth to her, the girl must ask him to bring her something impossible. The most common thing to ask the duende to bring is a basket filled with water from a river. As it is impossible to fill the basket with water, then the duende will disappear due to the frustration and he will never return to bother the girl who requests such a gift from him. Just like a man. <laughs> to give up as soon as he's given a mildly difficult task. Yes. He says, nah, I'm out. Again, it's that you weren't even that cute anyway. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to throw cow dung at you now, bitch. Right? Like, what? Oh I'm going to throw cow dung at you. Oh he can't take the rejection. Truly. <laughs> Here's some cow shit, oh bitch. God, what a toxic man. Also, I will say, though, one, uh, another perspective if some short king came up to me and was offering me <laughs> gifts and wealth 
I might take it. I'm yeah. Like, okay. I'm I might say, okay. all right, you're gonna, so you're going to take care of me. <laughs> See how this plays out. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> there was another thing that I wanted to bring up, and it was, um, so the most, uh, I guess, common or popular uh, gnome type tiny creature that I know of is the leprechaun right like I feel like yeah. that one is pretty out there we've got the great horror film oh, the yeah. leprechaun those are amazing <laughs> featuring Jennifer Aniston yeah. yes. yes Jennifer Aniston the original yes yeah. but that fucker goes to space yeah. he goes to the hood I love leprechaun in the hood like that there was a time where I refused to stand next to a car because I didn't want to get my ankle sliced Slice. up. Yes, that is so a legitimate fear. Like that, and then the it shower scene. Like I'm always looking at the drain. Like something's gonna come out of there. Mm-mm, I don't like it. That still yep. gets me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Specifically though, standing by Dad's blue truck. Yeah. I don't know why. I think it's because you know that was the car, his car in the '90s, and I was a kid, and like that yeah. movie really fucked me up it's in that scene where it was yeah. like, tss, 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 <laughs> that little ankle. Snap, 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 snap. It's a little creepy. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> but one thing I wanted to mention is, of course, like gnomes, duendes, leprechauns, and all these other little creatures have a lot in common. Where they're usually forest dwellers, they typically wear hats, <laughs> which is interesting, and go. <laughs> What? I'm wearing wearing a a hat. hat. (laughs) I got you. (laughs) Give me your toes. (laughs) I love that you said that because, again, I'm just so curious why they clip the toenails. Like, why not brush my hair or, like, give me a bath or something? But fucking leprechauns be cleaning shoes. Bruh! They have a foot I fetish. was gonna say, like, what it's the fuck fetish. kind of foot, foot shit fetish, yeah. is going on with these little goblins? <gasps> oh my god, I just had a thought. Maybe it's because that's really all they can see of us. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> they're so tiny! <laughs> that's what their eye level is. Yeah. From the ankle down. They're like, damn, you got some nice ankles. <laughs> want to clip them toenails. <laughs> and that's why they like the long hair, because if it's long enough, they can see it. Oh, oh my god. Guys, we are scholars. <laughs> we are cracking this case wide open. I wish people could watch this with me. Like, this is magical. Get NPR, CNN, <laughs> the BBC on the line. Who does that segment Fresh Air on NPR? Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the next Fresh Air. Duendes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Duendes and the foot phenomenon. Oh, wow. oh, my goodness. I don't know. I just thought it was really weird, like, when researching these little dudes. Leah is crying. She's, oh, she's <laughs> Well, now that we know about the little fuckers, <laughs> I want to hear some stories of them in action. Yeah, you know, I, ha- I have some stories to share. Cool. I have a personal one and then uh, one that I want to bring up that I covered be- kind of before. So uh-huh. I'll do the one that I covered before. Um, so I did an episode on the, the children of the forest, which is about those children in Colombia that survived a plane crash. And they were out in the jungle for like like a month, basically, on yeah. their own. And these were children all under the age of, I think it was like 12 or 14. Yeah. Um, so when, and the children were found, they survived. It's an amazing story. But when they were found, their grandmother 
was interviewed and she was saying that a reason that they survived was because of duendes. And so I have this article from The Guardian that I used on my episode also. And let me find her quote. She says, Fatima Valencia, the grandmother of the four children, rescued on Friday after 40 days alone in the Colombian Amazon, had a simple explanation for why they had taken so long to be found despite a huge search effort. They were being carried through the jungle by a duende, a leprechaun-like mythological creature said to roam the forest. So that was the grandmother's explanation. And it, again, comes to this idea that we've been talking about how duendes can either help, they can be helpful, or they can be super mischievous. So it seems that, as far as this case goes, that they were behaving in both ways. The duende was behaving in both ways. It was being mischievous because it it kept them out there for that long. But it also helped... Or you could say it helped because the kids were alive and yeah, mostly fine. You know, they survived. So let's just, you know, suspend reality for a minute for those who don't believe. And let's say that, yes, in fact, there was a duende guiding them around. Who's to say the rainforest, first of all, kids being alone anywhere for 40 days alone is yeah. dangerous enough. Being alone in the Amazon rainforest, who knows what's out there? Who knows what this duende may have helped them survive or guided them away from from a wild animal or from drowning or getting injured or something so I I thought that story was very interesting that their grandmother and this whole article it talks about how the family is basically giving thanks to the rainforest for allowing them to get their grandkids back it's uh, it's it's an amazing story definitely go look at it if you haven't okay so my personal story is and it's coming up and if and when my sister hears this, I'm sure I'm going to hear it from her. But <laughs> one year, my sister had just gotten this car a couple years ago. And I went over, my boyfriend and I went to my mom's house to help her pass out candy for Halloween. Because surprise, surprise, it runs in the family. My mom goes all out for Halloween. Yes. She'll Sometimes she'll make these really cute uh, witch hand bags. And it's just like those cafeteria gloves. And she puts uh, candy corn on the fingertips, and then she fills it up with popcorn. Oh, I love those. She hands those out. Yeah, yes. So, (laughs) my boyfriend and I went to go help her pass out the candy, and you know, manage all the neighborhood children because our neighborhood gets a lot of kids. And uh, we were sitting in the trunk of my sister's car that she had just gotten. She wasn't there that night, but you know, we had the key. Whatever, we're back there. We opened the trunk. We had the key in for a little bit to have the like music going. And then we said, you know what, let's not kill her battery. <laughs> so we took the key out and we had it in the trunk with us. The night goes smooth. It's great. We have fun. Success. We're ready to pack it all up. So we're packing everything up. And my mom says, she's asking for the key, the, the car key. I said, yeah, it's here, in, it's here in the trunk. And she's, she says, no, I, I looked for it. I can't find it. I said, okay, let me go help you look. So we're there with our flashlights looking around. Nothing. We checked the entire interior of this car under the seats. We lifted that back part in the trunk. It was like an SUV, so there's like a tire under there. We lifted that to see if it fell somewhere. Nothing. To this day, we don't know what happened to that key. And my sister, of course, says that, you know, we lost it. But I say, no, I don't, we didn't lose it. We put it there in the trunk space with us where we were sitting. Yeah. And then my mom was saying, what if we, what if we put it in the candy bowl? We just gave it away with candy. I said, no, why would we put it in the candy bowl? We just set it down in there behind us. And so I'm convinced that a duende took the keys. Oh, yeah. Was like, hey, 
shiny jingly thing. Uh-huh. Mine, yoink. <laughs> and on a Halloween and, night? And, and like, on a Halloween yeah. night. Like, why wouldn't they? It's their time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I'm convinced that that's, that's what's happened, and I'm sorry that we keep saying Blenda in your house, but and I haven't seen this written anywhere, but I heard once that when you say Duende, that you're calling to them. Ah. So if you lose something in the next few days, you might have to oh. barter, bargain, and negotiate with <laughs> yeah. Duende. I've heard about that. I've heard that if you leave them little gifts and mm-hmm. stuff, they'll put your shit back or whatever, that you can oh. have like an altar to the Duende and stuff. Yeah. But that also, when I think about that kind of thing, it reminds me of working with fairies. And I don't really trust fairies either. They kind of scare me. <laughs> yeah, no, no. no they're, they're said to be super mischievous. Yeah. yeah. And, and and sometimes when researching duendes, they are lumped in with fairies, you know, or, or even leprechauns, right? It's a type of fairy or something. Yeah. yeah. So I don't really trust it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like duendes are definitely part of the fae, you know, yeah. that kind of whole mm-hmm. region or dimension yeah um, but yeah like it seems like every culture has their own sort of small mischievous yes yeah mystical creature which <laughs> makes me wonder like I don't know I, I'm always curious as to where these things started and why they started like of course you know we can only go back so far and usually it's just people trying to explain phenomena that's happening around them you know without any yeah. You know, they don't have the, the technology that we have today or the advancements in science and shit. So they come up with these legends. But I mean, were there tiny people? <laughs> like Maybe. super, super yeah. tiny people? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there's claims of giants, why not the complete Oh, opposite? I totally believe in giants. You know, yeah. 100%. And I, I mean, I believe in all of it because, you know, infinite realm of possibility, right? Oh, yeah. Is this universe. Um, but I, I don't know, like. I love your story of your keys going missing because that's such a duende thing. What type of area does your mom live in? Like, is it kind of wooded? Is it an older neighborhood, newer neighborhood? I'm just kind of... I mean, well, I mean, that house was there way before I was born, so... Okay. Um, but it's not like a heavily wooded area. It's a, it's a town. It's a little town in yeah. the Rio Grande Valley. I've told people I'm from where I'm from. It's at Calchalsa. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like a little kind of suburban area but it is surrounded the valley is a very agricultural region of right the of the state so there's tons of fields everywhere so there's like pockets of neighborhoods at least in the, the area that i that i grew up in there's pockets of neighborhoods but then there's like some people's houses there's just like a cornfield right in their backyard that's perfect because i was mentioning to bethany earlier uh we talked to gabby and I kind of mentioned, I think I already have a duende. So. <laughs> Let me zip up my bag so they don't sneak in there and go to my house. And, but seriously, because here's, and here's what I was thinking. Because, like, we mentioned them being in wooded areas. Like, this is all very new in this this neighborhood. Like, we were the first ones to move in on our street. And over the year, it's kind of filled up. Um, and behind us is nothing but field. And it's cornfields as well. This used to be Corn Hill is what it was called. Um, and I even just discovered a cemetery about a block away, like a huge six-acre cemetery not that far from where I live now. Oh, cemetery. 1880 something. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. So I was like, okay, so I 
thinking about the area, I was like, it makes a little bit of sense for what I've been experiencing. So I'll tell you a little bit. Now that you've been in my house for a little while, there's no turning back. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, so what kind of, what happens is um, we'll hear cabinets open and Chums is with me and he's the only pet in the house. So like, if and I'll be alone and I like as we were telling like the history or what we know about them I'm like okay they fuck with women when they're alone they like like come from wooded areas I'm like okay this is making more I'm and more woman. sense yeah I was like fuck so but I'll hear cabinets close and I'll see like the corner of my eye like quick little no. yeah for sure that's happening here um, and the thing that gets me is that Chums reacts to it no. so like if I'm <laughs> Sorry, Aiden. Why are you telling me this? <laughs> Just for anyone who's listening here that has has not heard Suso before, who doesn't know me, I actually am a huge scaredy cat. <laughs> Even though, like, this is like my brand. My brand. <laughs> I love this stuff. I love hearing about it and talking about it, and sometimes seeing it on a screen, <laughs> but not being in it. Welcome. Oh my God. But like the most recent, the other night, I was sitting in the corner of my sofa, and Chums is like right next to me, and I'm kind of petting him and stuff. And I see something kind of run in front of the study. And I'm like, and Chums was like asleep. And I see him just kind of like, like he zones in on that. So like he felt or saw or sensed something as well. So that made me like something totally just ran by. Like for sure something was there. But I don't like nothing's gone missing but now like the sock thing happens for sure yeah and the foot thing so i was like okay is that associated is that something that could be they're taking my socks could it be (laughs) that's a thing that like i didn't find it in my research but that you hear from word of mouth of like the sock goblin you know yeah yeah so i was like but it's associated with feet but that's really the only thing that's happened that's gone missing or like misplaced or anything like that so i haven't really experienced anything mischievous other than like doors like the cabinets like i said closing and and even the other day you were here and you were like something just like slammed in your kitchen or something like that and i was like well nobody was in there so i don't know there's always shit happening in your houses even in her last house i was home alone in her house house sitting for and i heard like a door upstairs fucking slam and i was like "Mm, something's mad up there (laughs) someone's grumpy well that house for sure had an attachment I think but maybe it is just me maybe something's just attached I don't think it's the house's Leah that's a a possibility but for sure I think when this here because we came and like fucked in their like fucked with their land you know we took their home this was all wooded area or just fields and we just came and decided to plop these pop up homes and move in and fuck up their land you know well, if it ever gets to be an issue, or if you think there's like an infestation, there's more than one. I you might have this up also, Bethany. I I've seen before that one way to kind of get rid of them or shoo them out of your house is, you know, you you mentioned the thing about leaving offerings for them. Yeah. If you want to play nice with them. Yeah. But I think can be like to get like a handful of offerings, like candies or like you know something like shine, something that they're interested, they might be interested in taking, like keys. Yeah. <laughs> Getting them and then like kind of being like, you know, going around your house, showing it off, being like, oh, look what I have. And then you oh. go and you toss it out the back door. 
and you leave it open so that they can run out and then slam it. Oh, I mean, okay. You can, you can close it gently, but you know, I, I would slam it for the, <laughs> the dramatic player. Yeah. <laughs> Go home, Roger. And then, <laughs> yeah, and that's like allegedly one way to yeah. to rid your yourself and your house of them. Yeah, no, I like that. And then I, uh, the shiny too. That's been something that I've heard before. Like they're attracted or woodland creatures attracted to shiny, sparkly little things. Yeah, so like crows. Yeah. Leprechauns uh, and gold. Old. It's true. Boom. <laughs> It's all connected. It's a circle. We're back on that smart people shit. I love it. Where are our honorary degrees? (laughs) So that's my Dwenda story and why I feel like I have a little dude or lady or running around. Creature running around, yeah. Binary goblin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if they can uh, transition, morph, and do all those things, like, man, right? I don't know what. Like, you can be running around being a little animal one day and a little man one day, and, you know? Speaking of which, um, I did hear in some some legends, people said that the Duendas were actually just monkeys and people didn't know how to explain what they were. Oh. Because, I mean, they were in the, the fucking jungles and shit. Yeah, yeah. Because so. some it of those like, monkeys can get. Small. Yes. Oh, yeah. The size of a hand or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to read a little bit more of um, some of what, the research that I found. It is said that Mayans believed in a deity that looked like a very small man wearing a big hat and nothing else. According to their myths, this deity roamed the forest. This being supposed this being supposedly came out of hiding to place gifts before temples. Duendes are known to whistle, usually when strolling through the forest. As legend has it, if one were to hear him whistle, he or she better get out of the forest, or you'll be lost in it forever. El Duende is either a benevolent force or an evil entity in places such as Guam or Belize. He will kidnap kids in other places he is uh, protecting them. In other cases, he's guarding the forest and animals from wrongdoers. Some (laughs) physical features were also added. He had a cane or a long beard. Also, he had no thumbs. Most often, El Duende served as a warning to children who misbehaved or didn't listen to their parents. It is highly likely that Duendes of Belize are probably howler monkeys or spider monkeys, as we discussed earlier. Still, this misidentification has spawned a new twist on an old legend. I personally feel like, you know, if you're going to make offerings to them and play nice, I personally think you just shouldn't ask for anything in return and don't strike any deals. Oh, never. Yeah. Never strike a deal with a fae. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like they're terrifying to me. Like they scare me more than like most things. You know, like don't fuck with a fairy. Oh, I didn't know that's how you felt. Yeah, <laughs> but but I would totally have like some kind of uh, something outside for fairies or duendes or something like a little house and like give them little treats or something. But I ain't gonna ask you for shit. Yeah, you stay away from me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God, I I don't even remember which episode it is, but I did an episode about some cryptid where the the thing to placate them or whatever was to build some sort of house or something outside for them, and it was it it was definitely within the realm of fae or mystical creatures. Yeah. 
So it was to build this house for them outside, so that way they would leave Exactly. Oh, That's how I okay. feel, man. That's what I'm you're, you're plugged in. You're on <laughs> Natural born witch, baby. I love it. Um, but I guess one last thing I, I wanted to say is that I found it interesting that he whistles in the woods, you know? And because that's a legend that we grew up hearing is like if you hear a whistling, mm-hmm. you you back the fuck up, you go away, yeah. ignore it, do not follow it. Like it's always some kind of omen to hear yeah. a whistle. Yeah. Or if you whistle at night, that that's your call you're calling a lechusa to you. Yes! yes, yes. Lechusa, that's usually what it is. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was really cool that it happened Had here it, in, yeah. in some of the research I found for Glenda. Um, because I want our next legend to be Lechusa. So yeah. I love that, you know, we're leaning in already with the transition. <laughs> 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 You mentioned earlier about how kind of hard it is to nail down maybe where they came from or like the first mention of a duende. So I tried to do some digging and two things. So the first one was in the in the wiki entry that we read. It mentions how there is the they call them data duendes. And so as I understood it, those are the ones that dwell in the wilderness. It's a data duende. And that is a term from the Mayan Yucatan people. Um, obviously, a lot of these legends and the duende itself is heavily influenced by Spanish culture, by yeah. colonialism. But the idea of this kind of creature, like we've said, every culture has its own, you know, goblin, gnome-like, small, mischievous creature. So. The Mayan people from the Yucatan Peninsula had their own version of that before the Spaniards arrived, but when they did arrive, it came to be known as a duende. So I said, okay, I feel like the um, the, the Mayan people in Yucatan, that's going to be maybe the furthest back that we can go um, with some certainty. So I pulled up something from history, history.com, and... Here it says that between 300 and 900, I'm assuming AD, the Mayans built several cities in the Yucatan region, two of the most spectacular being Chichen Itza and Uxmal. So 300 to 900 AD, I think, is the earliest that we can say, okay, this is probably where the the duende, as we've come to know it, has come from, because obviously we're heavily influenced by both Spaniards and, you know, Latin American cultures. Right. Also... And so that would be, I, I, I looked it up. I went to like <laughs> chronological order because I wanted to be certain. So 300 to uh, 900 AD would be the end of the Roman era and the beginning of the early Middle Ages. Nice. Also, <laughs> I said, okay, what other mentions in history can we find of the Duende? And one of them was from actually one of my favorite artists, if not my favorite, uh, Francisco de Goya. He is this his art style it's like kind of like realistic but it's a little like it's super it feels very horror influenced oh okay without like really knowing what horror is you know as that genre has evolved to be but anyway he has this painting I'll show it to you right here too and it's called Duendecitos that's it right there right they look super creepy um and he is I think he's Spanish yeah this painting is from 1799 
Oh, wow. So, yeah, these mentions of duendes in history have been, like, you know, it, they've been popping up. Yeah. Um, but I really also like this painting, and I this is why he's one of my favorite artists. Uh, this is from the Norton Simon Museum website, and it describes this painting, and it says, uh, this image is a thinly veiled attack on the corruption and decadence of the Spanish church. In this print, clergy are portrayed as grotesque hobgoblins, or duendes, <laughs> Uh, or mean-spirited angels who fell from heaven with Lucifer. They are shown gorging themselves on bread and wine. Central figures, sharp, jagged teeth, and enormous hand refer to the powerful grip the church had on the country's wealth and its willingness to flaunt it. Oh, that's So good. we know these duendes as these, like, mischievous creatures yeah. that take and steal whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And Francisco was like, that's the church. Church, yeah. So yeah, it's so good. Yeah, those are two I think really good points in history that we could pinpoint how a duende was being portrayed to people, right? Yeah. So it was this creature in uh, the Mayan Yucatan people, 300 to 900 AD, and then again, really popular, I'm assuming, in. Uh, the 1800s, 1799 in yeah. uh, Francisco's painting. Yeah. yeah. That's badass. That is really cool. I don't know. I just think it's so cool that something so ancient can be thought of uh, still today as, as an active being and it's not even the tip of the iceberg. You yeah. know, there's still so much. But that's all I got for you. <laughs> <laughs> just the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> I mean, you know, we could sit and talk for hours about this shit. There's so much about them. But, you know, that's all I've got right now. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Some really good takeaways. I feel like I know more about them. You know, I can confirm I got one, you know. We're good. Thank you for coming to class. You will yeah. be quizzed on this. Yeah. This will be on the test. Pop quiz right now. <laughs> Who was awake? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> what a hoot it has been. <laughs> Did you say hoot? Let you saw confirm. Yeah. <laughs> we got her. We got yeah. her, guys. <laughs> My secret's out. <laughs> no, but it's been such an excellent honor, really, to have you here. Thank you for stopping by to record with us. Uh, and, of course, right, let people know where they can find you, how they can tune in and support you and what you do. Yeah, the, well, first, the honor and the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for being here. I said thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this is my house now. <laughs> thank you for having me here. Um, for anyone listening, if you're interested in following along and listening to Susto, you can listen to Susto, that's S-U-S-T-O, anywhere podcasts are available. You can also find me on all social media platforms. That's at Susto Podcast. And you can visit SustoPodcast.com. Yes. Beautiful. Do Beautiful. it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> He's killing it. <laughs> We are so excited to be here today. We have Gabby, a.k.a. Seven Octobers in the house. What's up? <laughs> How you doing, Gabby? Good, good. Thank you guys for having me on. Yes, yes, yes. And for those that do not know, Gabby actually featured us on her podcast um, not that long ago, right? Like, uh, I, I don't know, a couple months uh, ago? 
Yeah. yeah. Maybe like May, June or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I know. I was like, I don't know. It was sometime this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was very cool. We definitely want everybody yeah. to go check it out. Uh, Nightmare on Sedgwick Avenue. It's such a it's such a cool combination of horror and hip hop and just everything culture. And we love it. And uh, and that's why we were so excited, one, to bring you back. And two, because in our first conversation, you mentioned a little bit about Duendes. And that is what we want to talk about with you today. <laughs> so we were wondering um, when you how you first heard about them or how they were presented to you. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, growing up like in a Mexican household I think like you hear a bunch of like supernatural and like legends like my grandma would tell was big on like leyendas so she would like tell us like storytelling she was a good storyteller and I kind of wish like when she was alive that we would have documented I think I told you guys when I had you guys on my podcast like it would have been cool because a lot of that stuff is like I kind of remember some of it but I was so young I was like seven eight or something when she would uh, storytell to us Um, and so I'm thinking some of it came from her other like um also like talking to other people that had similar like experiences but probably just because the supernatural has always been part of like my I guess our culture so I somehow knew about it and then when the whole experience happened to me I was like oh that's maybe that's what it was and that's all I could like articulate to like see what it could have been like a supernatural entity or whatever it was I'm kind of interested because in our research and what we're doing for the the feature on Duendes like Uh They can be either presented as like this noble, nice little creature who's trying to guide you through the woods or they're like chopping off toenails and, you know, collecting (laughs) like, I don't know. It's really weird. Like we're we're digging into the folklore a little bit more. So like growing up or like when you're first kind of presented these things, how were they represented to you? Were these good little creatures or bad little creatures? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I remember watching like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, right? Like that's a, a part like because gnomes is like a whole different there's like different like subs, right? Like I'm pretty sure in your research, like there's like fairies, gnomes, dwarfs, like yes. it's so many different names, but they're all kind of the, the same part of the family, I guess. Right. Right. Um, so obviously growing up, I saw like the goods and the bads like in movies uh, or like when, like I said, like my grandma would like tell like leyendas and stuff like that. But I remember like after my experiences, when mine happened, I was like maybe like 11 years old, I think. Cause it was like in summer mm-hmm. camp. Uh, but I remember hearing other stories and I can also share some of those. Cause uh, I always, I would always share this story cause it's like the only like supernatural story I have. And when I would say that story, like I heard other people like had similar um, encounters with these beings or whatever they are. Um, but yeah, like, I guess I, it's a little bit of both, I guess, like good and bad. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, cool. Well, then would you go ahead and share with us um, your personal experience? Yeah. So um, this happened again. It was like I was in sixth grade and here in San Diego, we go to sixth grade camp. Obviously, your parents allow you to. So luckily we were able to. And it it was like in um, Camp Palomar, which is like I want to say like maybe 45 minutes or something from where I'm at. Um, And it's just like a wood, you know, woods area. There's cabins and stuff like that. So it was kind of like, I think one of the first times being away from home, especially like uh, me growing up like Mexican, my mom would never let us spend the night at anybody's house. So I was surprised she even let us like go to this. Right. So but I have a twin sister. So we went together. So maybe that's why. I don't know. But um, so we went and it's like a whole week that you spend over there. And one of the things or activities that they have you do is go hiking, right? You go on like on a nature walk and there's like a camp counselor or whatever you call them, like that guide you and you just walk in and they're telling you like different like stories about the the woods and like legends and stuff like that. And so 
one of the days that we were there it was like early morning nature walk that we went and there was a group of us so we were all split into like groups and they had like little like names i think we were like chaparral or something like that was like the <laughs> the name of our like cabin or whatever and so we were in a group and we're walking and um it's like i said it's all woods and uh, woods area and it was a, like sunny day and so i just remember like from my memory like vaguely is like across the way from where we were hiking there was like this log that was kind of like um, on the ground kind of like laying down um, horizontally or whatever um, and so I was like I was walking but all of a sudden like it's like when you kind of see something on the side of your eyes you know like on the side of your of your peripheral and so I was like what is that and so I turn around and I see like this little figure like maybe like three four feet tall or something like that and I don't know maybe it's like my imagination too because I was like it had like a little hat kind of like here I have like this little figure because I collect them just because I can believe that, but like, like a little gnome hat, right? And um, and it was just, like it was running, and then it would like kind of like go high down, like crutch down, and then it would start running again. And so at first I looked like around me because we were short, but we were in that short. We were like 11 years old at that time, and so I was like maybe like four feet tall, maybe a little bit higher than that that thing. It was like two, three feet tall. And um, I looked at my friends, and I'm like, okay, I don't see anybody like running or doing the same action because I was like, and it's too far too to cast a shadow that far. So I'm like, it has to be something right next to the log. Um, and so I asked my friend, I'm like, do you see that? And she's like, oh my god, I do. What is that? And I'm like, I don't know. But we only saw the shadow, so I never really saw like the actual figure. It was like the shadow of whatever it was. And I remember there was like some story about like this thing called the weir. Um, and I don't know if it was like a, a like a gnome, and I forgot honestly the legend of it. I have to like look into it again. But it had to do with like some kid that like lived there in the woods. It was like a legend of that camp. And so I don't know if it was that or what it was. But I was like, to this day, I was like, it was probably like a gnome. It had to be. And then they say, like the legend goes, like if you go look into the folklore, that a lot of kids are the ones that see these things. Like more, like there's obviously adults that have seen them, but it's more common that kids see them. I don't know because if it's like a supernatural thing and we're just like more prone to that stuff. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talk about that kids being more open to seeing things. Oh, yeah. But also, I feel like they do, I don't know, in some of the legends, they focus more on on kids like the gnomes themselves, yeah. you know, because they'll guide kids into the forest or, or <laughs> out and save them. Right. Or into the forest for malicious reasons. <laughs> That's true. And they're like collecting little kids' toenails and shit. <laughs> so maybe they just like kids. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's a really really great story and what I really like about it is that there was another witness there with you so I think yeah. that even validates it you had somebody else there who was like yeah no I, I see it too so there was definitely something in a little gnome hat <laughs> running <laughs> around out there like that's so that's so crazy and then you think of the the lands too and like think of like the history like California is so rich with history and I mean just it's very realistic to believe I think to, yeah especially there's like, something like, magical out there <laughs> exactly like the woods like nature for some reason that's like um where they tend to I guess that's their environment right so I mean I would believe that it, it is something there I know I, every time I like pass around like woods or I'm in a car or something I always think I'm like what if it's like there but I just can't see them anymore you know like as a, an adult yeah. so yeah it's interesting I want to go back too maybe we'll see I'll, I'll, I'll have to go back there <laughs> <laughs> bring them some offerings maybe they'll show themselves <laughs> right <laughs> and I think I remember actually now that you th uh, that asked that first question where you're like where do you remember like hearing about them or 
um, mm-hmm. thinking about them. I remember, I don't know if you guys remember, like, those direct-to, like, VHS films. And there was, like, some gnome, like, dwarf movies. And I can't remember on the top of my head what they were. But it was, like, non, like, it wasn't famous actors or anything. It was, like, just those, like, straight-to VHS movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think and I remember watching those type of things, like, leprechauns and stuff like that. Like, something, some somebody going to, like, Ireland or something. It was interesting, though. <laughs> 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 but it's, it, I mean... It plants a seed for sure. I mean, and these stories, yeah. yeah, go so far back. And it's like, well, they had to come from, from somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, someone had to see something or I guess just be really that creative to think yeah. of these little yeah. things. But no, there's just too much history and too many um, encounters that yeah. would suggest otherwise. Like these, yeah, there, there's something really out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Defi- I mean, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got sucked into like a YouTube hole of like all these videos from Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talking about like Mexico, like I think I told you guys too, is like my fascination after that kind of grew even more after that encounter. Mm-hmm. So like um, in 2017, I went for the first time to Mexico City, but we took like a bus with the family. Like, so we did kind of like a little road trip uh behind like heading to Mexico City so my parents are from Michoacan like a small town called Juan Dacareo it's like a weird name but uh from there we took pretty much like a we rented out a bus for the family and we kind of took the back roads I guess you can say to Mexico City which I don't know if it was how safe that was at the time because <laughs> I know it's now it's kind of dangerous right now with the with the cartels and everything but um we went and we went to like these little like small towns and some of the towns there um, that are historic, they call them Pueblos Magicos. Um, it's like a historic name, how they call them over there. So I had never heard of that until like I went that one time and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And so we were going down this highway and there was like these like, you know, um, kind of like exit promotion marketing thing, like banners or whatever. And it was like Museo de Duendes. And I was like, what the heck? And so I was like, I told my mom, like, I, we got to go there. Um, <laughs> and so this was like in Hidalgo, Mexico, for whoever's listening in case you're interested. Like, it's uh, the state is Hidalgo. And the town, the little town is called the Guasca de Ocampo. And it pretty much is like literally a museum for like dwarves or duendes, whatever you want to call them. Um, and so you go in there, it's like, and it looks kind of like a house. And they have like little like duende, like miniature things like on the walls. And then they have a store and stuff like that. But they also do like tours where you can go like at nighttime in the woods to try to see if you have an encounter. And then they also have like legends too, which I want to go back because I didn't get to do that. But they do like they tell you legends and you walk around at nighttime. But it was cool because um, when we went in there, the lady that kind of one of the ladies that works at the museum, she was like, oh, yeah, we have people like tell their encounters and stuff like that and so I told them mine and they even have a book where you can like write down or something like your name or whatever um and they were talking about how yeah they believe in them over there and especially because it's like also like a wooded area where that little thing was um so supposedly they say that they play pranks right that they even have like they had like a tail of a horse actually like they have actual like memorabilia of like things that supposedly like the duendes played around with so I guess they say that they um, do like kind of like uh, braids on the tail of the horses and that's how they, they know and then they swing off of them and just kind of do like crazy stuff or like silly stuff um, <laughs> and so they actually had like one that was like actually like a braided hair of a horse I was like oh that's interesting um, and then one of the guys that was actually driving us one of the car, uh, the guys that was driving the van he was like oh yeah I have had an encounter and I was like oh wow and so it's kind of crazy how like you don't really realize like the proximity too of like how people like have had encounters so this guy he said that one night he was just sleeping on his bed 
he's already like grown up i guess he was an adult so that's why i'm saying like it's kind of they show up to also like adults not just kids but i guess he was laying down he felt something on top of his chest and when he woke up he saw the the little gnome on top of him and he grabbed it and then the gnome was like oh let me go whatever he was like i'll give you money or whatever he's like no i don't want your money i just want you to leave me alone and then like he just it disappeared it just never came back but it's just it's crazy so i was like and it was just how ironic was it that i came across that like museum that i had never even heard of it was it's kind of crazy that's cool yeah no that's really cool i love that story (laughs) (laughs) it really makes me think of i don't know um stephen king's cat's eye oh yeah yeah. i don't know if you remember that film well it it has that little gremlin that crawls up drew barrymore and like sucks the breath out of her (laughs) as she's sleeping like that's what it makes me think of and then the cat comes in and pushes it in a fan and kills it and (laughs) it's like this brutal but it's this ugly little gremlin troll thing and i think yeah anytime i'm talking about duendes or see anything that's always what i think about and so when you're telling that story that's what i imagine like that little troll kind of (laughs) jumping on his chest that's so wild that's so and and earlier you mentioned um that as you shared your story some other people shared stories with you so do you have another one of those uh experiences or any one of those stories that really stuck out for you yeah there's two that come to mind so one of them was a guy that i went to high school with um and he you he grew up and was born in mexico i think and so he said that when he was little he remembers playing with like when this like he's like it, like now that i grow up it kind of like it's kind of creepy but i'm like i just remember playing with these little beings and they also lived, she, he said they lived kind of near the woods. So I'm like, again, it, that's like the same story again, like all yeah. oh, like the same uh, like environment. I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of creepy. Um, and then the other one, which is, again, another story of like, I guess they can be also evil, right? Because and they say it, too, when we went to the museum, they were like, yeah, they're like, um, so Duende stands for Dueños del Hogar, which means like, um, what's it called? Like, uh, I guess home what, do you, what would you even translate that to like yeah it's like, something like about, head of the home or yeah. like, like yeah it's like head yeah. of the home or something yeah so supposedly like they're the ones that like play the trick on you when your sock goes missing right like supposedly mm-hmm. everybody has the when this what they say right yes. and that they're uh, both either can be malicious because there's like the malicious ones and then there's also the good ones so i guess they feed off your energy pretty much right and so that kind of reminded me of the next story because it was a co-worker of mine um she said that she had these friends that were married and they were pretty always like they would seem to be happy but they lived in tijuana i think is what she said and um all of a sudden like they started having like these like marital issues and just it was just like a lot of negativity going on in the house right and then one day the 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 main lady the wife i guess um she was like i think she was walking in her house or something and down the hall she saw this like green little thing so i don't know if it was like a goblin or you know or like an actual duende and he it looked like really creepy and evil and it looked all green supposedly right and um that she brought i think she ended up bringing like a priest or something to like um clean cleanse out the house and then right after that that the negativity like kind of stopped so i think that thing was like feeding off the negative energy so i'm like oh that's kind of creepy but yeah and then they never saw it again Uh that entity yeah oh wow that's really wild yeah yeah Yeah. uh you mentioned that like um every house kind of has one right like that's yeah. the legend is yeah. like you know they have their yes. homestead, right <laughs> yeah uh do you think you have one in your current residence <laughs> i don't i don't know well i just moved here in january but i don't know if 
if it if there is one because i mean it always tends to happen where like you're doing laundry and something like goes missing because there's like been i ended up buying like tmi but i ended up buying more bras because i was like i would have sworn like and then it happened in the move i remember bringing them with me <laughs> and, I'm, like, and, they, and they all disappeared and i was like what the hell and then i even tell my little sister because sometimes we'll just joke around like that she has something that i have or like i have some of her stuff but like she's never found it and i'm like what the hell so i don't know because they play pranks supposedly or like i don't know if it's happened to you guys where you like you swear you left something where like right there and then the next thing is not even there anymore yeah. so i don't know if it's that and then just actually i was gonna tell you guys um just today it was kind of creepy i was like i don't know if it was a ghost though because i was watching tv and i had a previous podcast so i had prepped up everything already and i have uh this razor webcam i don't know if you guys are familiar with it but these webcams have like a ring light but, but I have to turn it like literally I have to like turn it with my hand to turn on the light yeah. and so it's creepy I was just watching TV in my room and all of a sudden like it, the light turns on but it's like literally somebody has to go and like turn it uh-huh. and I was like my sister and I was like maybe I was like a little inch and like my sister was like no like so, that was something I was like <laughs> I was like I don't know if because I'm gonna meet with the paranormal putas like <laughs> some entity came through the zoom link I don't know but I was like I was creepy I was like it's never happened to me so I was like I don't know what it is but I'm like you need to get out of here <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah we love that sorry it happened to you well, that's that's great <laughs> like it makes it for good content <laughs> yeah. it was like we're ready for you come on yeah. <laughs> well i think that's really cool and i think it's interesting that you asked that question because i think that i have one so i've been in this uh location now almost a year and it, it is like a newly built kind of subdivision out in the middle of country texas so i'm about an hour out of austin and yeah, I feel like I it's very short, but like it'll catch in the corner of my eye. Like I'll see something run and it's really low to the ground. And I'm like, OK, that's interesting. And I was yeah. hanging out one night with my cat and I heard a cabinet like close or like open and close. And I was just like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> so like and like it, it opened enough to make a noise. Right. Because these are like new little soft closed cabinets like they, you have to slam them to hear something or open it wide yeah. enough to have some force to it so I was like okay that's weird like my cat reacted to it as well and kind of like hmm I was like all right this isn't what, what's going on so in my mind I got something running around um <laughs> fucking with my cat and opening and slamming my damn uh <laughs> my damn cabinet doors so <laughs> so nothing's really gone well no that's a lie I, I I now have a stack on top of my dryer of all the missing socks all my, <laughs> all my I think we socks. all do yeah yeah. So there's like eight of them now. And I'm like, okay, this is really weird. Like, so I don't know. A part of me really thinks that I got something and and being out in the country. I mean, we're unfortunately ruining their homes and, yeah. you know, I'm sorry about it. I really am. <laughs> and uh, Making a house out of socks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now he's got a, he's like, well, fine. I'm just going to live in your fucking home then, bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's looking for some chips in those cabinets. <laughs> so I, I really think I have something though. Something's running around and it's real little and it fucks around with shit. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I thought we had at our old house that we grew up in. Uh, Cause I would hear stuff in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, yeah. I swear to goodness that I that they were doing this living in the walls and just causing mischief. <laughs> oh. What was it like people under the stairs? Oh my goodness, oh. yes. 
<laughs> but it's true, man. Yeah, that place for sure had something in the walls. Uh, it could have been like rats or like a raccoons or something. Like it was a real beat up old east side house. So yeah. there was one point we had a whole hole in the floor and oh, we yeah. just threw a carpet over it. Like <laughs> and you knew no not to step right there. So yeah. who knows what was coming in and out of that fucking house. <laughs> But that's really, um, uh, I think that's uh, great. And I don't know if you have any like additional uh, insights or anything uh, regarding Duendes or anything you've heard. Yeah. Insights, beliefs, stories. Yeah. Or like, what do you really think that they are? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, I know that they're for sure like supernatural because they say that they have powers. Like besides like causing like negativity and like or the opposite of that, like positive energy or whatever. Like, I think that they also have, like, some sort of powers, probably. I mean, if they can feed off energy, I'm pretty sure they have some sort of, like, supernatural powers. I mean, if I found one, I mean, I can make all my wishes come true, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm hoping I get a good one, you know? Like, I mean, I haven't had any, like, uh, issues or anything like that here. Because, like I said, we just moved to this new house, and I feel like it's way better. So maybe it is a such thing as, like, everybody has one in their house, right? They just can't see it because... I remember like at my other house, because it's the first time we became homeowners, so I'm like kind of proud like that we finally have our own, and I have my own room finally. <laughs> as you, <laughs> uh, Thank you. Um, and so at the last house, I felt like it was like darker. Like, first of all, we were kind of like in a canyon, and so like the sun barely hit. So I felt like it was just, I don't know, I, felt, I told my mom like, are we vampires? You have the freaking curtains <laughs> closed. And like, it just looked so dark in there. And like, it had like this like kind of like a little bit of a negative energy I felt. But now with this house, it's like the light comes in, it's just brighter. We are closer to like, also kind of I guess not the woods but um, like down the road it's like a hiking spot and so I guess maybe I don't know I I love being around that stuff so but like it's it's nicer and it feels different so I don't know maybe just the energy shifted or hopefully we have like a nicer (laughs) duende in our house I don't know (laughs) (laughs) no I definitely believe that yes yes keep the light in there keep it yeah Yeah. it'll be good energy for sure (laughs) yes But yeah, I don't really have any more. I'm trying to think of anything else that I like, because I also have gone down the rabbit hole. You're talking about like going into the videos because the videos Mm -hmm. are so silly. Some of them. They're so silly. I mean, they're very entertaining. I watched it like three times. I think there was one too where they were playing like soccer. So they look like a Mexican house or something. And and it just comes out of nowhere. And I was like, I think were they playing in the kitchen, right? You said? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I've yeah. seen that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm how do you like, and then the funny part is like, all these like supernatural things, like with the cameras we have nowadays, and then it's like really captured like low, like it's not, you can't even see them. I'm like, come on. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You should be able to capture it now. We have no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I was like, these are so like, I don't know. Some of them are so fake. Like, so oh yeah. yeah. Like CGI or. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not moving right. <laughs> it's not blended into the background enough. Um, but they're so much fun to watch. I love it. <laughs> oh yeah. They are. But yeah, I think if that was really it that we want to yeah, give you the opportunity. Um, so again, thank you so much for hanging out and chatting with us about Duendes today. Um, let our listeners know where they can find you, what you got going on, and how they can keep up with you. Yeah, so um, you can find me on all social platforms under 7 Octobers, and that's the number 7 October and then uh, Z at the end instead of an S. So 7 Octobers on all social media um, to keep up with uh, the podcast. Like uh, you guys mentioned, I had you guys on. It's Nightmare on Sedgwick Avenue. 
and you can find that on also on YouTube and all streaming. And then I also have another podcast with my sister Melly, uh, which is the Heartful Truth. So as you follow me, you'll see all that. Um, and then I have merch too uh, right now, like the Nightmare on Sedgwick Avenue logo. So I printed some merch. So if you guys want to support, hit me up. I do ship. Obviously, it'll cost the shipping and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, and then I'm working on right now, hopefully um, having like a Halloween event. So we'll see. So I don't want to give out too much yet because I'm superstitious. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ironically. But yeah. but yeah, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for making the time. We know you're a busy person and, and it's an honor. So thank you for being here. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> Big sister, I'm tired. I'm so tired, big sister. I see it in your face. You're starting to sweat. Let's go ahead and cleanse this baby. Damn, that feels good. You're cleansed. I needed it. Thank you. I like unclenched. <laughs> <laughs> Unclench your butt cheeks. It's time to go home. <laughs> but as always, I'm Bethany. And I'm Leah. And we're signing off with two besitos. From these potitos.